Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to our last reading. The Gospel according to Mark chapter 6 and verse 34 and reading just the last portion of verse 34. And he began to teach them many things. The whole verse reads, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Mark chapter 6 and verse 34. In the scriptures there are precious promises concerning the teaching of the Lord. The portion that we read in Hebrews referred back to Jeremiah where we are told that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. And the promises follow through in Isaiah as well that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. They shall not teach every man his neighbour, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least even unto the greatest. We have in the New Testament the promise that is unto you and your children, even as many as the Lord thy God shall call. And we must really think, what do we know of the things of God? Where can that knowledge come from? It cannot come from man himself. It cannot come from any source other than God himself. It's a most solemn reality that in this world there are many that teach others and yet they are not getting their authority or getting their knowledge from God himself. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself said that that which he heard of his father, that is what he was teaching the people. And it is a vital uh, teaching of the church of God that those that are saved, those that are called, are given a teachable spirit and that God teaches them. The natural heart says, depart from us, we desire not to know the knowledge of thy ways. Man today does not desire a knowledge of the things of God. Even though they may be set before him, even though he may be told that there is a secret there, a knowledge that affects him, his soul, his eternity, yet man does not want to be told about that and it is a great blessing to be like that multitude here that we have read of that when the Lord went out into a desert place there were many many that went out they ran after him they were there before he even got there and our Lord comes out and he sees much people and it is interesting to see how the order was, the first thing, his compassion to them, 
is to teach them, is to feed them not natural food, but spiritual food. Later on, then he had compassion, and then he ministered to their bodies as well. He fed them as well. But first, his compassion was shown in feeding them the bread from heaven. Now, of course, in the Gospel according to John in chapter 6, the Lord gave the miracle of the loaves and the fishes one day. Then he went over the sea. In fact, he walked on the sea, came to his disciples in the ship. And the next day he reproved those that followed him because he said they only followed him for the loaves and for the fishes. He said, Labour not for the bread that perisheth, but that which I shall give thee, which endureth unto eternal life. And it is easy to follow the Lord for those and fishes, for what he will give them and what he will give us. And many will be offended if they serve the Lord or uh, worship him, And he does not give them health and strength and food and raiment and the things of this life. The follow for those and the fishes. But the Lord has said with his people that they will value their souls more. With the case of Job, Satan accused Job that the only reason why Job followed the Lord was because he had hedged him about and that he had given him all his riches. And Satan said, you take away those riches, and he will curse thee to thy face. But God permitted him to do that, to prove that he was not right in Job's case. In millions of cases, Satan will be exactly right. Men will do that. If God deals with them with Uh, sickness and adversity and trouble then they will say if this is God we will turn away from him we do not want anything of him but where there is grace where there is the life of God where is the teaching of God in the soul then Job says the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he says to his wife, Shall we not receive good at the hand of the Lord, and shall we not receive evil? And that in all this that Job did not sin with his lips. And the world will go after the Lord for material things, but when they are to learn spiritual things, and to feed upon the word, and to hear of things for eternity beyond this world, then they are not interested in the things of God. But here we have, in the days of our Lord's flesh, such a following after him, and an appetite, and a desire to hear. And may we have that same desire and the same teachable spirit ourselves, personally, in the things of God. I want to look then this morning at four uh, points. I'll name them to you first, and then we'll go back over them. The first is the teacher. Our text speaks of 
our Lord, and he began to teach them many things. I want to speak first of the teacher. And then second, the method of teaching. In our text, the method that our Lord is using is to speak to them. He's using words. But I want to speak more of the various methods the Lord uses. And then thirdly, the things taught. Our text says he began to teach them many things. Many things. And then lastly, a vital question, has the Lord began to teach you and me? But firstly, the teacher. And he began to teach them many things. I think nothing is so important today as to really discerning who our teachers are. If it was the case in the Apostle Paul's day that he could go to the Galatians and teach them the gospel, the truth, and then they had another teacher come and bring them back under the law, back under circumcision, and he says that they were listening to another gospel, which is not a gospel. And so there was the Galatians. They had Paul teaching one thing and other teachers teaching them the other thing. And when we think today, you've only got to go onto the internet. You could go onto Sermon Audio, which I hope is that most of us on Sermon Audio that we preach the truth, we could go onto YouTube and you can get all sorts of teaching. And someone that is first wanting to hear and wanting to understand, they have before them a range of all sorts of teachers. Now our Lord here was, of course, in a situation where can't be replicated today, he was in person standing before this people. They saw him, they heard him, and he taught them. He was teaching them. But the scriptures are very clear that they shall all be taught of the Lord. So even when our Lord has ascended up on high, there shall be still a people taught of the Lord. One of the qualifications of a minister is apt to teach. The ministry must be a teaching ministry as well as bringing forth the experience of the truth of God. The truth of God is to be experienced. That's why the Apostle Paul says, Be ye followers of me as I also am of Christ. Those that believed the Lord Jesus in John 8 the Lord said to them, If ye continue in my word, then ye shall be my disciples indeed. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so the Lord there gives a very clear indication of where the continuance of the teaching shall be and where the blessing shall be in the word of the Lord. We esteem the Holy Bible before us from Genesis right through to Revelation 
as the word of God. And so our Lord is not with us in person, though he says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, by his spirit and by his grace. Yet he has given the word. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it. And the charge to us who preach is preach the word. So the word that is heard, though it is through a man's mouth, yet it is when it is faithfully preached, as it is in truth the word of God. This is what Paul said to the Thessalonians. You receive the word of us, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth the word of God. And Peter, when he had his end in view, knew that he should die as God had said that he would, he said that he might have these things always in remembrance. And he writes them down. And in the epistles of Peter, we have then the word of God as part of the whole word of God, which is an enduring word to the people of God. Both Peter and Paul had wonderful revelations given to them. Paul on the Damascus Road, and then we have Peter upon the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, where the Lord was transfigured before them. But both of them, they pointed to what was greater than those wonderful revelations. Paul says, lest he should be exalted out of measure, there was given him a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him. And what was given him was grace. And he magnified grace more than those revelations. My grace is sufficient for thee. So Paul, he points away from the Damascus road for the believers of Christ and he points them to the grace of God. The apostle Paul, uh, Peter, he points away from the Mount of Transfiguration and he says, but we have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well to take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place until the day star arise in your hearts. And that light is the word of God. So the teacher is our Lord and we are to test all teachers that are men, a minister, or whoever it is that comes teaching, whether they are in the house of God or whether they're on a line in some way, we're to test it all by the word of God. Are they bringing the word of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ? Are they bringing the holy inspired word of God? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is by that standard that all must be tested because it is the Lord that teaches his people. We have the Bereans that heard Paul preach and they didn't say, well, Paul is the apostle. We can just receive everything he says. No, they searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. They went back 
to the word of God. The Old Testament scriptures was what Paul was preaching them. What was the word of God? And if it was, then they were to heed him. And we read that because they did that, many of them believed. And we need to be very clear then, the teacher, the teacher here was our Lord, but to fulfil that word, the promise that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, we might say like, the Apostle Paul, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He had a teacher, a literal teacher. But everyone that is saved is taught of God. Man cannot savingly teach another. We can set truths before you. You might know uh, the catechisms, the Heidelberg catechisms or the shorter, longer catechisms and you might be able to give exactly the right answer to all of those questions, but not actually know in your heart the things of God. And we need a heavenly teacher. I'm not speaking, of course, against being taught in the letter. We need to, but you need to be taught in the heart as well. And that is what when we have the word here, the Lord is the teacher and that teaching which is, is vital. One of our hymns says we must not learn God's truth as schoolboys learn their task. And Paul, he says that when, and when he writes to the Corinthians, that when in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God has given man wisdom in many, many things. And I'm a trained engineer and many things that I've made, designed, uh, and many things. And a man can. He can build his cars, he can build his engineering structures and do many things with great wisdom. But God has said concerning his soul, concerning spiritual things, that is not the same. That is in a different realm. You might go and learn these things naturally, but spiritually, savingly, you need the Lord to teach you. There's a veil over the heart. There's a, a block there that man, by his searching and by his knowledge on his own, cannot find these things out. Great is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. And so the teacher, the teacher for you and I must be the Lord. And if that is the case, then we are to seek unto the Lord, join prayer with each inspection. Ask of the Lord, that which I see not, teach thou me. And seeking of the Lord, that he would teach us. You know, sometimes it might be that we ask in that sense, say, one that is sent of the Lord. That was what the eunuch did with Philip. Philip was sent to the eunuch in the chariot. And he was reading a part that he couldn't understand. Isaiah 53, of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or some other man. 
and he was reading of where our Lord, a prophecy of our Lord, taken as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. As a lamb is brought to the slaughter. And our Lord, and Peter, Philip, the eunuch said to him, uh, when Philip had asked him, understandest thou what thou readest? He said, how can I except some man guide me? And Philip, he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He brought out of the scripture the truth. He taught him. And the Lord so blessed that ministry of the word. And he is vital to understand it was not Philip that converted him. It was not in his power. It was the spirit that brought Philip. Philip was preaching from the word itself. And it is the spirit that opened the heart and blessed it to the eunuch. And that is what is vital to us. Whatever teacher we may have and value and esteem, if we have pastors and teachers as the Lord has promised that he will give and Paul says very clearly when he writes to Timothy that he was appointed a apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles that God appointed him to do that and as we said with those of Berea they were testing all that he taught them from the word of God itself the apostle testified that those things that uh, he taught, he didn't know them, but by the revelation of God, God gave him that. Of course, all what is written in the word of God of Paul's writings is inspired. It is not Paul. That is what is solemnly taught some in some churches today. Well, the letters in red in some Bibles of the Lord, well, that is the Lord's word, but Paul, well... That's his ideas. But rejected be that thought. All scripture, though there be over 40 authors that are used to write, or penmen that are used to write the word, the word actually is the word of the Lord. And so may we know that for all those that are taught of God, all those that are saved, they shall be taught of God, and that whatever means the Lord uses, whatever instrument, whether Paul or another preacher, that where there is the learning and teaching savingly that touches the heart and touches the life, that teacher is the Lord. And we are to trace that above because in that realisation there's great comfort and great joy that the Lord is actually teaching us, that he is our teacher. We look past man and we look to the Lord as being our teacher. They shall all be taught of God. And here, of course, literally, the Lord was the teacher and he began to teach them many things. I want to then look secondly at the method of teaching. The method of teaching. We have already spoken of the 
need of the word of God. And the teaching as the Lord was here was teaching by the word, through the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we have the parable, and that is another method that the Lord taught in He always taught by parables an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. Again, the disciples asked, why is it that thou dost teach in parables? And he says, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without it is not given. So hearing they might not hear, and seeing they might not see. And we see again those things that outwardly there's the same word heard, but inwardly one hears savingly and one does not. And so the Lord used parables for that reason. And we read when the word was preached that some believe the word spoken and some believe not. And in another place we read, as many as were ordained unto eternal life believed. They all heard the same preaching, but some heard it in a different way. Some heard it savingly, some the word entered, and some it did not. The word of God is the method of teaching. The Lord said of that parable with the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man opening his eyes in hell, he said, send, send Lazarus to my brethren, lest they come into this place. And the Lord said, they are Moses and the prophets. If they hear not them, neither will they believe, though one rose from the dead. It is vital that the word itself is received and heard, and that that is the method that the Lord uses. In the letters to the churches, in the Revelation, to the seven churches of Asia, Every one of those letters, at the end of the letter, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And so it's hearing. And the ear trieth words. And the word of the Lord is what is used. The word with authority and with power. That is what they said of the Lord, that his word was with authority and not as the scribes and as the parables uh, and the Pharisees, sorry. So the method of teaching predominantly then is is through the word and how vital it is to have a faithful translation of the word of God and in our own tongue. David says, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Well, if we're to hide the word in the heart, then it must be a word we understand and that is, 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 is in our tongue. And thy words were found and I did eat them. They were to the joy and rejoicing of my soul, says Jeremiah. Again, it is the word that is the meat and drink of the soul. Except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood, ye have no life in you, our Lord testified. And that method then of teaching is the word itself. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. The Lord says, I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Uh, There was a time that 
He was to teach them, and certainly after he'd risen from the dead, ascended up into heaven, the way was more perfectly preached with power through the apostles. The Lord said, tarry at Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high, until the word will come with power. And so when Paul says to the Thessalonians, that the word came not unto you in word only, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And so the method of teaching is through the word, by the spirit, with the power of God attending that word. But another way of teaching is also in providence. Those things that we pass through in life's journey, they are used to teach us and instruct us as well. There's a beautiful promise in uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 28, 30 30 and verse, verse 20, and we read that, Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. And it's important that we observe the Lord's hand. We think of Jehoshaphat. And he joined himself with Ahab. They went to get riches in the ships and the Lord broke the ships. And then when Ahab wanted to send others with them in the ships, Jehoshaphat refused. He'd heard the word of the Lord in what had happened in the breaking of those ships and the prophet confirmed it. He says, because... Thou hast joined thyself to those that are haters of the Lord, do not serve the Lord. Therefore, the Lord hath broken thy works. And so the two things go together. We can be taught in that way. Remember, years ago, I had an allotment up here where I did the gardening. And I used to tell myself that it was good as a pastor to have a nice quiet time in the garden and doing the vegetables and yet when it came to harvest time and you get to the Saturday and you realise that, well, all of the beans were ready to be picked and if they weren't picked then they'd be bad by Monday. So Saturday evening I'd be picking them and they had to be dealt with. And I knew it, it wasn't right. It was loading a lot of work to my wife. It was not good for me to do. But I resisted my conscience saying, look, give up this allotment. It is not good. It's not worth doing. It's taking up your time unprofitably. And a couple of years went by and I, I just resisted it. I still wanted that time. And then preparing the land one, uh, just before the season started and I got the strimmer out and was working taking off the, the weeds from it. And a neighbour came over. She said, I have. You've just broken my, my conservatory window. 
And that window had been smashed. 200 pounds worth of damage. But what had happened just before that, we'd had a special collection at one of our anniversary services. And that collection was me as the pastor. And there's 200 pounds more given on that collection than was usually given. And at first we thought, oh, we can go on a holiday, we can use it. No, the Lord had given us that money so that I could pay for the repairs. Well, I did pay for the repairs, but I went straight down to the council and cancelled my allotment. And when we don't hear the word of the Lord, then he brings things into our lives that we do hear that, and he makes us hear it. And so the Lord doesn't only teach in the word, but he teaches through sicknesses, through things that go wrong, through his chastening hand, through his correction and things like that. And the Lord's methods of teaching, we will be able to discern that it actually is the Lord. It is his hand. And it will come back to the word very often. We think of the Lord and the parable of the sower. And the Lord says that that parable is a key parable. When the disciples asked him about that parable, he says, Knowest thou not this parable? How then shall you know all parables? Because it was a parable about hearing, about hearing the word. And the word is likened to the seed that was cast uh, on the field. Some, some it went by the wayside. The fowls came and they took it away straight away. The word just taken out of the heart straight away. And then we have those that fell on the stony ground and then on the wayside. And then there were those in good ground. And the Lord says that those that were on the wayside... Uh, that it was like those that received the word for a while, but then when persecution or trouble came, then they were offended and they gave everything up. Or those who were stony ground, they did not have root in themselves, or perhaps it's the other way around, and those who were sown amongst thorns. It was where the world choked the word and it became unprofitable. And it will either be that the word is choked by the world or we become offended because of the word itself. The Lord says in John 10 or John 17, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them. That's the only reason that we need for the world to hate us is that the Lord gives us his word. And so the method of teaching is the word and yet the Lord uses things in our lives to sift out that word to open our ear to the word Jehoshaphat and myself had been told the word we would not listen to it unless something happened in our lives the children of Israel in Ahab's day Elijah had three and a half years of famine while they were serving Baal and then they were ready to hear the word of the Lord and to put a test on who was God, Baal or the Lord and who answered with fire from heaven. And so there are those things that happen in our lives that op use to open our ear. 
mine ear hast thou opened. And it is our prayer through this time that where there is hardship of people, where there is the wars, rumours of wars, in we've had those who've had some of our free Bibles and they've they've said that we're concerned about the war in Ukraine and others because of COVID and the threat, especially in the earlier part of the pandemic, of lives being taken. Uh, There were those that had an appetite for the word, they wanted to hear it, which other times they, they did not want to hear. And the Lord uses these methods then of teaching and joining uh, together with the word. Really we would say the the Lord has many ways, many ways of teaching, parables, illustrations, many things that he used. And many times the teaching that is recorded by our Lord arose from questions and it arose from error and the Lord turned it about for good and you think of the apostle as well with the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 there were those in the church that said that there was no resurrection of the dead and from that error comes that beautiful chapter all explaining and setting forth the truth of the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the methods of teaching, sometimes it'll start, start from error, start from what actually is wrong, and the truth is then set forth. I want to look then, in third place, of the things that are taught. We read in our text, and he began to teach them many things. The first thing I draw your attention to is the beginning. He began to teach them. And there's one thing with all of the people of God, there will be a beginning where he begins to teach. We read of Samuel when he was a young lad, that he did not yet know the Lord. And at night he heard the Lord speaking to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he thought it was Eli. Now he would have known Eli's voice very well, but he thought it was Samuel. And so he comes and he, uh, sorry, he thought it was Eli. So he comes and he says to Eli, that is, call me. And in the end, Eli directed him to say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And from that time it was established that Samuel was to be a prophet of the Lord. There was a first time he heard the word. There was a time when the Lord began to teach him. With our children, when they are young, they are at home. But, Really, you might say, we, as parents, we begin to teach them when they're very, very young, right from the very start. But then they go into school and there's a beginning when they are taught. And you think of individual lessons. There's times when they're first. I can think back to 
In my school days, I can actually picture sometimes the classroom where we first started to learn Pythagoras' theorem with the triangles. And I can think back to that classroom. That's when that first was presented with that kind of thing. And the first time we were presented with calculus, dy, dx, and and calculus. Well, I'd never never known that before. And there's a beginning And those beginnings are very important. Sometimes they're gradual, sometimes they're more marked, and sometimes it will be, like I've just said, in specific things that we are taught. The other thing to to notice here is the holy inspired word of God does not tell us in this instance what the things were that the Lord was teaching them. It's like the sermon on the way to Emmaus. The Lord drew near and in all the scriptures from Moses, he taught them concerning the things of himself. But we're not told what that sermon was. We're not given that sermon. We could not read that sermon. We know that it was concerning his sufferings right through the scriptures. And like here, we're not told the things, but we are told many things. There are many, many things that the people of God have to be taught. We especially feel it today and you know I go into the schools and very little is taught our children in the schools, even a church school. And they have no idea of God or the things of God at all. And you realise they're coming from sometimes very wrong teaching, wrong thinking And you think of all, especially if we've been brought up under the sound of the truth, there's many things that we may know in the head that many people that we have interaction with around about us have no idea. There's many, many things. And as we said, it is line upon line. A child in their first years of school, they're not learning calculus, they're learning how to read and they're learning how to write and they're learning the basics and then later on they'll learn more. And so with the Lord and the things of God, the important thing, we're not to despise the day of small things. You wouldn't have your child come home from school, there's just five or six and they tell you what they've learned, you say, oh, that's nothing, nothing. You, you should be able to do long multiplication. You should do this and know that. What that child has learned is a great thing for them. They're very pleased with what they now know and what they've learned. And of course you'd encourage them. You wouldn't say because you can't join with those who've been at school for years and years, then just don't worry, it's nothing to talk about. And so with the things of God, if the Lord is beginning with you and with me, then bless the Lord for it, for one lesson, for being taught one thing. If we're taught our own sinnership, if we're taught our ignorance, and, you know, the Lord will teach us, he'll teach us doctrine, he'll teach us knowledge, 
we refer back to Isaiah and Isaiah 28 and verse 9. We have there, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. We sadly live in a day when there's much shallow religion. Well, just believe only, and religion is just all love, and don't worry about splitting hairs in doctrine, then everyone is saved. It doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about real doctrine. But the scriptures are very clear on it, and our Lord is very clear on it. In Ephesians, Paul speaks about being taught the truth as it is in Jesus. And we mentioned concerning our Lord, continuing in the word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. In John's Gospel, one of the things he emphasises all the time is that Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God. And that is one thing that will be taught about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the how to behave in the house of God, the ordinances of the house of God. There's many, many things. And that's why we read here, and he began to teach them many things. There are many things to be learnt. But in those many things, if we trace that learning and that teaching back to the Lord, there's a sweet, a blessed token that we come under that promise that we are taught of God and the Lord has revealed them to us and taught them to us. There's a lovely thing sometimes when we hear those that have sat under our ministry for many years, even of our own children, and when the Lord has really converted them, they've said, Dad, we, we never heard that before. And I said, yeah, but that's been preached regularly in your hearing. You, you've had it right through your lives. And I said, yeah, but Dad, we, we didn't hear. We didn't understand. We didn't know it then. But now we do. And however many times we hear things naturally until the Lord opens the ear, and causes us to hear. And then we start to learn. We start to learn many things. And so my hope here uh, this morning to highlight the, the need of teaching and so that we do not despise or not discouraged when the Lord begins to teach us because he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. We never cease to be taught that teaching shall go on and on right through our lives. That which I see not, teach thou me. Well, we have then the question, vital question in the last point. Has the Lord begun to teach you and me? Has there been a beginning? Has there been a change. Sometimes, like the Apostle Paul, within a very short space of time, you can see that Paul was a different person before the Damascus Road than after. And just a few hours, a few days, and he is a different person. But sometimes it is not like that. Sometimes we may have to look over a period of 
many years. And we look back to what we once were and we think, well, though I can't put a day and a time on it, yet I do know that I'm not now what I was then. And then I was just coming to the house of God under duress, all because it was tradition and what was expected. But now I, I want to go and I pray when I go and I'm looking to be taught. I want to know. I want to learn. You know, when the Lord first opened my eyes at 19 and I went from not wanting the things of God at all but when the Lord gave me to feel my state before him and my ignorance, I was open to hear everything. I went to every service. That was three quarters of an hour drive to the church. I went every time I could to the prayer meeting, to the Sunday school even, sit in the back. Uh, and whoever came to the door, if it was the Mormons or whatever, I let them in. I wanted to be taught and I had to prove then that there were false teachers and wrong teachers. But it is a blessed thing to go from just not wanting to hear the things of God to really wanting and have an appetite and want to learn and want to be instructed. Sometimes you might have it with uh, children as a father. You some of the washing machine goes wrong and you, you're starting to fix it and the children sit down, I want to learn how to fix that and they're round about looking at how you're pulling this thing apart and, and we used to do that as children and that desire to, to actually learn and with the people here, here was the Lord speaking, speaking the word of the Lord and the people flocked around and they wanted to hear and the Lord had compassion on them and May the Lord have compassion on us and begin with us. And if he has begun with us, may we be encouraged. If he hasn't begun, may we ask him, ask him, Lord, teach me about thee. Remember thy promise. All thy children shall be taught to the Lord. Teach me. You might look on others and you say, well, I know that person's been taught of God and you say, but I, I want to be as well. It's not enough that others know these things. I want to know them. And sometimes it is that the Lord uses things to bring us to a real desire to be taught. And that where that remains, may we bless the Lord for it. But Lord, help us not to go away from the word today, not to turn away from it without seriously asking ourselves this question, has the Lord begun to teach us, to teach us about ourselves, to teach us the saving doctrine, to teach us about the Lord Jesus Christ, to teach us of the things of God, to teach us the word of God. Will the Lord bless the word and begin and carry on that teaching in our hearts. Amen.